I V M. Hello everyone. Welcome to Triangle of Friends. This is Monish. As always, I'm joined by Nishant. We are just a couple of weeks away from the start of the NBA season. In fact, we are just a couple of days away from the start of the preseason. This is the smallest gap between the end of a season and the start of a season ever. But not if you're players who haven't played in an entire year. KD hasn't touched the ball in 18 months. Golden State Warriors haven't played in a year. So, is it really the shortest time of the year? I don't think so. It's if you exclude Miami and the Lakers, I think everyone's had a pretty decent rest time. We'll talk all about that. We'll talk actually about the list of players. We have a list of players who are returning from injury or who haven't played in a long, long time. We actually forgot all about them, and we haven't seen them play. I mean, look at Steph Curry. We haven't seen him play. We'll see. We'll see. We'll you talk forgot about, about Steph Curry. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen him play in like what a year now. No, you live in the Bay Area. <laughs> it's really. not like you keep driving around my house all the time. No, but no, I'm saying after after saying you forgot about Steph Curry. Steph Curry, you might not want to step out. Covid notwithstanding, you might might not want to step out. But yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. I mean, uh, I'm right. super excited to see these guys back, and uh, I have a list of five players for you. We'll t- we'll analyze how they how they fare, what's their floor, and what's their ceiling. What can they do to maintain their greatness, legacy, or will it all go down the drain? All right. So the first player I have for you actually is uh, Kevin Durant. He's not played in 18 months. He he fell down. He broke his. I mean, he tore his Achilles during the NBA Finals against the Toronto Raptors. Until then, he was shooting lights out. He was going 44% from three. He was he was a two-time uh, Finals MVP as well. Until then, and looked well set to become the third. And then he fell down, and then it all went downhill for the Golden State Warriors. They lost the final. He moved. He moved out to the Brooklyn Nets, and Golden State Warriors were irrelevant last year. They won 15 games because Clay was out, Steph was out, so the entire franchise went down. But forget about that. Let's talk about Kevin Durant. What What do you expect from him this season? Is he going to be the same player that he was? Uh, while he sat out on the sidelines, Giannis went and won two MVPs. LeBron went and won a title. KD kind of got pushed from being the best player in the league to probably five, ten. I don't know where. So, what do you what do you expect from KD this season? I think the answer to KD first of all, let's let's not act like KD is not big time. He's one of the faces of the league, and he has been for a while, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the the NBA nobody really cares about reality on the court more than we care about narratives, more than we care about. Uh, the debates we have among friends, the debates we tune into on TV, the debates we give the people on on YouTube, and so on and so forth. And, and narratives really make the sport fun. Any sport, right? Now, in that narrative, we saw all of last year. The, the NBA has a heavy recency bias. At least the ecosystem does. And we saw all of last year Kawhi Leonard being pushed as as uh, the heir apparent. to the throne there's that new balance commercial he's driving around with a with a crown keychain lls his city was even close to being his city uh, it's closer to being jamal murray and nikola jokic's city than than it is kawhi's city but mm-hmm. but that was the narrative that was pushed through and and why because because if there's no alternative to kind of the thanos of the league which is lebron james Mm-hmm. and if you're not if you don't really have a viable alternative then the league loses its competitive sheen and you have then the kind of problem that formula 1 had when michael schumacher it was just a joke really with 17 races and he's on the podium on every single one of them and 14 of those are 13 were wins whatever 
so narratives are important kawai blew that last season they tried putting kevin yanis uh, in that bracket regular season kills it post season mm-hmm. yes he does he doesn't quite have the team to do it but he also doesn't have the skill set yet to be that guy and kind of because lebron had a shit team and he carried them to the finals in the in the east yanis is in the east he's not even in the stacked west so Right. So all of these narratives kind of fell flat at some level or the other, and all of the recent MVPs outside of Durant and Steph Curry. You look at Harden, you look at Westbrook, you look at Giannis. All of them fizzled out in the in the postseason, right? So we need a viable alternative to LeBron. We need somebody to pit against LeBron and say this guy can legit be a part of the argument that somebody is better than LeBron, and that's KD, mm-hmm. and that's his ceiling really, because mm-hmm. chip. Yes, you would expect them to settle for nothing less than the chip with the kind of squad that they have and the kind of players and personnel that they have. But really, the larger, the bigger picture for the league, for the fans, and for the ecosystem is: can he establish himself firmly as the greatest player in basketball? And you'll have enough people saying that if he wins the finals, because if he wins the finals, I'd largely expect him to be finals MVP over over Kyrie. Uh, and and that's really the ceiling the floor do anything less than the finals is is a debacle for them you can give reasons and some of them would be valid first time putting the squad together team chemistry they had to do it despite having kyrie in the squad in the squad but uh anything less than the finals would be pretty bad for the team anything less than the conference finals would be straight up disaster for the brooklyn mm-hmm. nets unless somebody gets injured in which case what can you do but if they are fit that's really what they're looking at but that's the impact of of KD's season this season will i expect him to be back short answer to that uh, injuries like this you'll hear everyone tell you nobody is really come back from an injury like this and dominate except maybe brianna stewart in the in the women's game but nobody in the men's game at least dominique kobe uh, achilles injuries acl you don't really come back as the same kind of player after these right uh, but there are two counter arguments to that one of them and everyone's made this is is kevin durant's game really dependent on that athleticism not to right. say he wasn't athletic but does his game depend that much on his athleticism mm-hmm. um maybe a fifth of his game does but largely no he can still be an effective player but the one thing that we're kind of not factoring in is sports medicine and diet and rehab and all of these things have advanced leaps and bounds over the years and not just in recovery players that it also helps players condition themselves much better so they're set up to recover a lot better so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see fitness wise in what shape he comes back but if it's going to affect some part of his game like if we get back some fraction of the durant that we had say 80% 90% i'd expect the large chunk of that deficit to go from his defense not his offense i think mm-hmm. offensively he's still going to be a, a force it might take away from his post game but when you're kevin durant you can shoot from pretty much anywhere you're a seven footer that can dribble you're you're pretty unstoppable so i'd expect mm-hmm. his defense to suffer if anything at all not his offense All right, so that was KD, and he also said that he'll be playing some minutes at uh, small forward and also at center this season. So he's going to be shuffling across those two positions, and it'll be interesting to see how they go because they have a new squad. They have multiple players to play in a single uh, single position. So it'll be interesting to see with the new coach uh, how KD will fit in. He's also going to be the leader of the group. I think that was a problem that he had at the Warriors, right? While yeah. he was the best player there, uh, it was still Curry's team. Clay was still more loved than probably KD was. so yeah. he was pretty much the third wheel there and while at brooklyn it's his city now uh, he's the leader of the group kyrie looks up to him it's going to be a new challenge for him yeah i like the kd at the five thing but i think it's largely going to be against small ball teams i can't really see him mm-hmm. 
like why would you waste kevin durant in a position where you have to largely bump shoulders time and time again with other giants like mm-hmm. imagine if they're playing philly kevin right. durant's playing the five he's just going to get hammered physically mm-hmm. forget about whether he comes out on top defensively or not it's just going to be a physical hammering from embiid and dwight howard who are among two of the strongest men in the league mm-hmm. uh, so i don't think that will i think that's something they'll resort to like the lakers did last season when they played the houston rockets who were right. micro small it was like a high school team almost where everyone's not full grown yet so mm-hmm. what the lakers did was they they pretty much throughout the series benched javel mcgee and dwight howard and they but they did play anthony davis at the five or even marky morris sometimes why anthony davis because versatile stretch big can defend the perimeter also shoot the three all of those good things i think that's largely where kevin durant will fit in but that's an interesting role yeah it's going to be interesting uh, moving on to the next player actually i had john wall on my list uh, unlike kevin durant he didn't miss one season he missed two seasons the last time he played was in december 2018 yeah the top draft pick in 2010 five time uh, all star team and all of that so great great player a uh, lot of upside for him if he just manages to play through the season and yeah. i think the ceiling for him will be to bring uh, the rockets to the playoffs given that the uh, given the situation they are in with no team no harden or yeah. harden not cooperating and all of that but john wall what do you have to make of him he's a russell westbrook light mm-hmm. slightly shave off some of russell westbrook's abilities and and you have john wall is pretty much the same player same style almost identical numbers couple of years younger right russell westbrook however is a whole lot fitter than john wall these are major injuries when you miss two years you really don't know what version of the player you get back again i hope modern medicine gives us the best version of john wall possible for his sake i'd actually want to see if harden is traded away mm-hmm. in exchange for some real value what kind of a team can they build in houston because that's something new that's exciting uh if he has to sit in Houston and make that mess work with the disgruntled Harden I'm afraid it's going to be a bad bad situation with the first time coach who who's the first time head coach well he's been an assistant for a while but uh I think there's just too much turmoil there to be a positive organization right now uh I we really don't know what version of John Wall we get back I'm hoping it's John Wall at his best which is all-star but that's about all he is uh I don't he's not an MVP candidate he's never been Uh, he's nothing more than an all-star in the sense that he's not the kind of player that at least so far um that we've seen dominate postseason then kind of win series a series on his own uh on his own strength that's not him at least not so far it'll be interesting to see if there is that side to him uh but for his sake i think the best scenario here is unless there's a middle ground where harden can stay and be happy with staying mm-hmm. i think the best case for him would be To, to move Harden because a team with less superstars is better than a team with with more superstars but all of them being disgruntled. Right. So uh, the scary thing about John Wall is that he is a kind of unlike Kevin Durant, he is a kind of player who actually would be impacted by the injury just because of the style of play that yeah. uh, he brings into the game. Right. Uh, someone who runs into the rim uh, is kind of a Russell Westbrook light, like you said. Yeah. Right? yeah so can't shoot the. his injuries are going to be more yep. substantial and kind of scary for him uh, that he doesn't aggravate it or kind of put a full stop to his career yeah i i agree what about that rockets uh, rockets defense too because they gave away covington yeah james harden doesn't defend 
and that's assuming he even wants to play mm-hmm. uh, john wall wasn't the greatest defender ever but he's not bad but after injury what's that going to be like they've taken some pretty bo- solid body blows in in defense and and demarcus cousins that's a whole another black box question mark again on fitness so not not looking very good for for the houston rockets but i i hope to see if nothing else it'll be exciting basketball if john wall is at his at his fittest best Right, and since you mentioned Demarcus Cousins, he was my next player on the list. Uh, let's go right into him. He had not one, not two, but three injuries. He yeah. he injured his Achilles, his Torres quad, and then he yeah. to- injured his ACL as well. So, uh, what do you expect from this guy? He he's not played much since twenty sixteen. Since twenty sixteen, here's a stat: he's played just one hundred and fifty eight games over the last four years, and he's changed five teams. Yeah, uh, he was supposed to be on the Lakers last season, so. unfortunate for him that he missed out on the chip because of injury he was supposed to be on the warriors the previous season he did play in the finals as well but right. didn't really have an impact yeah. uh, like we all know how it went down so demarcus cousins uh, again at the rockets pretty interesting trade that one as well i i expect the rockets to utilize him as a sixth man actually uh, because they they got in chris wood who i think would start for them right but uh, he'll be quite a presence whenever he plays with given his physicality and the yeah the physical presence under the rim that he gets mm-hmm. but what do you expect from demarcus cousin uh, do you think he can uh, get out there and revive his career um i think it's going to be about expectations because mm-hmm. revive in the sense is he going to be back to being a superstar in this league i, I don't think so i think the league's passed him by a bit mm-hmm. uh, also his skill set has kind of, the league's kind of passed by what's expected of a superstar big is a whole lot more than what demarcus cousin brings to the table but he is still an elite uh, was an elite in the paint scorer and a pretty phenomenal rim protector mm-hmm. now the challenge for him and i think you're right i think he he should be utilized in a bench role unless he can stay fit long enough to prove that he's a definitive starter i think it's off the bench for him and it this reminds me a lot of how dwight howard's career went by though i don't think the marcus cousins at his best was anywhere close to the level of uh, awesomeness that dwight howard achieved but Dwight Howard had to reconcile with the fact that he's not that number one draft pick, league leading NBA Finals superstar anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not an MVP candidate anymore. He's not a three-time DPOY anymore. Which means he's going to reconcile with the fact, going to have to reconcile with the fact that he needs to play a role on a team. He's that guy now. He's that veteran role player, mentor kind of thing. It took him a while, really, to figure that out and to come to terms with it. And he wasted a part of his prime too, just bouncing around. until finally he seemed to have humbled himself down last season he was grateful for the opportunity and boy did he make the most of it he won his first chip that's going to be demarcus cousins challenge he's mm-hmm. not that superstar that he was in sacramento he's not that that guy that people were so excited to see uh, how he pairs with anthony davis at the pelicans he's none of those things anymore too many injuries bad press it's just not a very favorable picture that's cast of demarcus cousins so if he can marry his goals to the role that he can plausibly get and stay fit i think we're looking mm-hmm. at a, a very good prolonged career for demarcus mm-hmm. cousins fitness uh, of course assuming fitness is on his side but if not he's right. going to struggle and he's going to bounce because if you expect to be that superstar but you don't you're not that superstar anymore mm-hmm. and and moreover you can't really even stay fit he's going to have problems so it's largely down to his attitude can he bounce back 
yeah if bounce back means can he play regularly stay fit and and own a role yes can he be that superstar again incredibly unlikely it'll be the comeback story of the year if that happens all right so that was the marcus cousins uh, so what do you think his uh, his ceiling is uh, what would be considered a successful season for him now that you said that he has to set his expectations straight and kind of accept a bench role not the main guy anymore what do you think he would be happy with this season or what do you think his expectation should be for the season see that's the thing i know what he would be happy with but uh, what should be his definition of success mm-hmm. is if he can do what the coach and the org expect of him and if that expectation is give us 20 minutes uh you know 12 points 8 rebounds a game mm-hmm. couple of blocks here and there and, and a solid defensive presence then that's what it is i think his success right now is to play a regular run of games beat off the bench or as a starter and to fulfill the role that his team expects him to fulfill right that's step 1 and not dictate terms and demand that the ball flow through him and all of that that's not going to happen so success mm-hmm. for him is age staying fit enough to play uh, play out a whole regular season at the very least and match the expectations of the coach and the org that's all he has to do All right, so that was the number three player, Demarcus Cousins, also at the Houston Rockets, like John Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope they both stay fit, or else Houston Rockets are in super trouble this yeah. season, given that they have no players. Have you <laughs> no seen players. this movie? It'll be Golden State from last year, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the next player I had on my list was a kind of forgotten man, Blake Griffin. Remember him? He's just thirty-one. I was surprised uh, because oh, he, yeah, he seems to. <laughs> he seems to have been around forever and he's just 31 but he's kind of been irrelevant in the last uh, couple of seasons since his move to Detroit Pistons he actually played a lot of games for Pit- uh, Detroit Pistons in the 2019 season yeah. and uh, actually took them to the playoffs where he missed the playoffs but he took them to the playoffs last season he just could play 18 games and then he faded away and then Pistons were not invited to the bubble so we didn't we haven't seen him play for a long long time now the high flying athlete that he is uh, obvious it was obvious that age would take a toll on him and although yeah. he's just 31 i think he's past his prime where he was at the clippers and he was flying around and dunking yeah, the so. ball yeah so yeah what do you expect from blake griffin can he uh, can he does he have it in him to take pistons to another playoff series the way he plays even blake griffin at his best like if you bring blake griffin from when he was dominant in in the clippers mm-hmm. and drop mm-hmm. him into this present day detroit team even then the team's not set up even remotely for success mm-hmm. uh with derrick rose i think that's an interesting pick and roll but it's not going to be lethal by any stretch and there are far better combos in the league even in the mm-hmm. conference in the east that's one two is coming back off of an injury and this unlike kevin durant is a player that heavily depends on his athleticism to get his points he's still going to be strong he he developed a pretty good post game he's a good defender can rebound um uh, and and with the offense largely flowing through him you're looking at at best a 25 and 10 player across the length of the season but what does that really mean really i think again for him the target should be just to come back you know, mm-hmm. regain some of that form get close to that 25 10 metric uh, and see where you can go the next year because i think slowly he will have to transition into a role player and he'll be an excellent mm-hmm. role player Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that's really where where it's headed for him he doesn't shoot the three very well so again he's not really a stretch big um like kevin love can prolong his career as a 3 and d guy rebounder veteran i don't think that's too much of an option either for blake griffin so uh, nothing really that positive to look forward to honestly from blake griffin uh, i think his best days are behind him sadly 
and mm-hmm. boy what those good days cuz i i loved watching clippers highlights and lob city with chris paul and um black griffin and it was so much fun but uh i think those days are behind him and I, the ceiling is just just play, staying fit if there is the playoffs that that's a lifetime achievement mm-hmm. with that team that's that's a big time achievement Here's an interesting uh, thought that I had for Blake Griffin. If he manages to stay fit and puts an impressive performance after performance, it need not necessarily translate into wins. But if he performs, could he be an important trade asset for the Pistons, where teams are looking for someone like a big player like him? Uh, they he could be an important role player, like you said, right? And teams yeah. that are going to make it to the playoffs and say by the end of Feb, March, yeah. that he before the trade deadline, that he could be an important trade asset at one of the big clubs. Ah. Uh. he could but those will have to be clubs that already have a big man that can score for fun mm-hmm. like the lakers sure uh bucks maybe maybe but again because of his limitation of not being able to shoot the three mm-hmm. that rules out a lot of teams that need their bigs to be stretch bigs maybe an atlanta he would probably fit in but mm-hmm. but teams that need their bigs to be stretch bigs because their whole offense is predicated on spacing It's not going to work. Uh, so a lot of playoff teams he's ruled out straight away because of that. But uh, I I can see some teams being interested. But he's on a fat salary though. It's he's going to be difficult to trade right now. I think it's his role playing days will come in once his free agency rolls around, and then mm-hmm. he'll have to look around and see if he can get at least a half decent contract and not settle for a veteran minimum. And that's probably the biggest outcome of his season is if he can if he can prove that he is still elite. at a level where he deserves better than the veteran minimum uh that should be a win for him like rondo last season was on a veteran minimum if i'm not wrong and and this season he got paid because he proved himself and that's really what what is best case scenario is right and he's always a constant <coughs> injury threat as well so i hope he remains fit because excluding yeah. the 2019 season he's just played 76 games in the previous three seasons so right uh, including last season the 2018 and 2017 he yeah. just played 76 games so Uh, I hope he remains fit because uh, he'll be an interesting, exciting player to watch. Actually, whenever he gets the ball and dunking around and high flying, uh, although those days are past him now, but uh, always. Yeah, man, that's that's really the sad part, right? Imagine that Detroit team if both Derrick Rose and oh, Blake man. Griffin were in their athletic prime. The oof. <laughs> yeah. And the last player on my list is probably one of the biggest names in basketball. I haven't forgotten him, Steph Curry. Uh, he didn't make a brief appearance last season. Just played four games before he fell and broke his hand. He lit that arena up when he came back, though. And when he came back, Warriors, who were who had just won 15 games in the season, yeah, were like they were winning the championship because Steph was there. He yeah. was doing all his uh, ball handling skills, yeah, all and the tricks were out from yeah. three, and did everything in that 25, 27 minutes that he played. And he lit that arena up. So I think Steph Curry's presence is very important, not just to the Warriors but to the league because he's an entertainer. He's a walking, talking entertainment channel, right? And uh, his injury, probably uh, the broken hand, is probably the least serious of all the other players I mentioned. So him lasting physically, I'm not too worried about. I just hope he gets his touch back and can shoot those threes. And he did show that he was capable of doing that in that brief appearance that we saw him. Yeah. What, I... what would be Steph's uh, ceiling for the season? Ceiling chip. I mean, any. <laughs> But is that even time, possible? Uh, I mean, what is, what would be a realistic ceiling? I would say, given that I think uh, the, Warriors are weakened without Clay yeah. Thompson now. Uh, a second so, round playoffs, even even with the team mm-hmm. that they have right now, you have Steph Curry, that org, that coach. Second round mm-hmm. playoffs should be should be your at, at the very least. Like if the Houston Rockets can do it, the Warriors should absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's one. Two, they, there's an outside chance this team can get to the finals. At very, very slim odds, not even remotely close, especially in the West. Mm-hmm. But that's the ceiling. Like, if I have to commit to a ceiling, including everything that's even remotely possible, finals. I, I still don't see them winning the chip. Because if they come out of the West, they're going to face Nets, maybe. Yeah. Philly, Philly, they're not done adding. Uh, maybe Boston, maybe uh, Milwaukee. Fine. And I don't fancy the chances against any of those teams. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's the ceiling. Uh, the bare minimum is get to the playoffs. Even without Clay Thompson, if you have Steph Curry back, and you got a really talented draft pick, very high up. That's a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. You have Draymond back. You have a lot of your core back. You have a former number one pick in, in Andrew Wiggins, who that, that pick was an aberration. But he is a top 10 pick level player. And when mm-hmm. he's not exposed, when, the, uh, when the pressure of being the number one face of the franchise isn't on Wiggins, I think he can be a decent um, squad player with, with Steph Curry around. And I'm pretty sure they're not done adding either. I think they have enough space to to create one more uh, free agent, maybe trade uh, trade package signing. So that's still a pretty pretty decent lineup, honestly. With with Steph, with Wiggins, with Draymond, with Wiseman, that's a good lineup. Uh, a playoff team for sure. So at least second round of the playoffs, if not further. Like the slimmest of chances that this team makes the makes the final, kind of like the underdog of underdogs, like mm-hmm. Miami from last season, whole square. And he seems to be the kind of guy who would enjoy these challenges, right? From being yeah. this crony little guy who went seventh in the draft, nobody expected him to become the top, top player in the league. Only player to win the unanimous MVP yeah. as well. That's how much he's dominated the league. So, uh, different role, uh, different uh, time in his career now, if I can put it that way. It's a it's but, an opportunity uh, though, because the one criticism everyone's had of Steph Curry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if there were detractors, their detraction was he was never finals MVP. Right. The first time around it was Iguodala. The next two times it was Durant. And when Durant wasn't around and Iggy wasn't at his best, uh, they dropped a 3-1 lead. So yeah. there is at some level uh, a question on his postseason leadership and his ability to, to eke out wins in mm-hmm. in a crunch series. Mm-hmm. There are no distractions, no fall fallback options right now in that in that roster. Like it's him or bust. Because you take away Steph Curry, who's there? Uh, Eric That's Pascal. what happened last season. <laughs> exactly. Eric Pascal, Lando Wiggins, uh, Draymond, Wiseman, whatever. Not going to happen. Unless Wiseman turns out to be the next Shaq. It's not going to happen. So, A, there are no excuses. B, there are no supplements um, that can that can help him out. This team will do only as well as Steph Curry makes them do. So, in, in a way, it's a real... It's going to be a fun challenge to see Steph Curry. Like, what can he alone do to a franchise that would otherwise be a bust without him? Right, and it looks like the NBA also uh, have uh, trust in Steph Curry to rise up to the occasion. Given that they've uh, prime given, time games. yeah, prime time games. Steph they Curry, the Nets right up. They face Bucks on Christmas Day, so yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting. I really hope uh, Steph is back because, like I said, he's a walking, talking entertainment reel and sure. does those flash. Uh, Pullovers. He was throwing no look shovel passes and stuff when he came back last exactly. season. Exactly. Yeah. And he was sliding it up. Uh, I think that's one thing that the Warriors will miss this season is having the crowds because I think they are the, one of the most entertaining crowds uh, in the whole league. Uh, I really hope crowds can be back soon as, as soon as possible. Even uh, a portion good. of them, I think, will take it for mm-hmm. now. But for now, I think uh, this was great. I think there are a few other players who are coming back from injury. I can remember uh, 
Carl Anthony Towns hasn't played much last yeah. season, so it'll be interesting to see how that young Minnesota Timberwolves uh, come back and make it count. They have the top draft pick there. Oh, they're stacked. Well. Yeah, yeah. Number one draft pick, D'Lo, who was number yeah. two in his time, I think. And yeah. Carl Anthony Towns also a number one draft pick, if I'm not wrong. Number one or two. He was a right. lottery pick anyway. So exciting right. young team. Yeah. Exciting young team. So. a lot of players coming back so i don't really think it was a short pre season in fact it feels like it's been long that i've seen these players play and super excited to get back mm-hmm. unless you lebron james or jimmy butler you shouldn't be complaining about yeah no uh, doubt starting now so yeah. but uh, as always i think uh, this was great fun uh, catching up and discussing this list of players who are going to make a comeback and i'll talk to you tomorrow where we have a special guest yeah yes we do yes we do you can go ahead and announce i think it's all confirmed now <laughs> I think we'll keep the surprise fact on and we'll we'll talk about it tomorrow. Sounds good. There's like two people listening at this point. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, man. All cheers. right for the two Take of care. you who are listening. Uh cheers. Thanks. Stay tuned and come back tomorrow. All right.